0: Welcome to another No Idea Podcast. This is podcast number three. Man, this is awesome. And Joining us, today featuring Jimmy Meyer. This is awesome. This guy. So if you if you're listening to the podcast, uh, Jimmy Meyer is joining us. And today we have it's going to be awesome because today in as we're recording this right now, it is 59 degrees. I think
1: somewhere in there. Somewhere
0: in there, everybody's yeah. chomping at the bit to get their grills, their smokers out because it's time it's grilling season in Wisconsin especially after the winter we've had so again uh, welcome if you're joining us this is the no idea podcast and if you haven't yet subscribed we'd love for you to subscribe to our no idea youtube channel and subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen to podcasts uh, as well we are so happy and glad that you are tuning in on this beautiful gorgeous day so Adam uh, Jimmy really is your friend. I mean, I know yeah. him, but he's your friend. Why don't you... Work,
1: worked with you for a, a, a while. And mm-hmm. You're retired now. Right. And so what are you doing now with retirement? And I mean, Well,
2: trying to get more and more into the barbecue thing. Oh, yeah. uh, for years and years, I've uh, been in some different barbecue competitions and got certified as a Kansas City Barbecue Society judge years ago. Did some of that. And uh, next month, be heading down to Memphis to judge the international... Uh, championships. Uh, I got certified for that back in November. Um, Also, I have some Western Wisconsin uh, tailgate grilling tournaments this summer. There's three of them on the docket. So getting different sponsors lined up and teams lined up and uh, getting as much grilling and barbecuing in as possible and trying to get some people uh, hooked up with some gear that they actually can use and have fun with. So
0: so did you get any hunting in?
2: Oh, yeah. Always, always in the fall, try to get in uh, some duck, pheasant, grouse, and uh, some uh, regular gun deer season, and uh, put on some miles, um, slow in some of them, pheasant was a little slow this year, we shot some, grouse was good, woodcock was phenomenal, and uh, ducks were good as always, solid. So, so how's,
0: how's retirement treating you? How, how um, many years have you been retired
2: now? I've been retired now two. Okay. And uh, I like to say all I did was transfer some of my hobbies into more <laughs> time involved, which I hope most of you can do when it comes to the fishing and the hiking. I love scouting. Scouting is one of my favorite things. Just getting out there and finding the best places is as much fun as actually doing it, I think, some of the time. Some of the younger people don't think so when you spend a lot of time wasted, but no, it's never wasted when you're outside yeah. doing that fun stuff. So. Yeah.
0: Cool.
2: Well,
1: Adam. Yeah. We're do going you, there, right? We're going Maple Syrup. Yeah, we're going to go. What did you Kay. do last night? I how, was, you, how you doing? You I have you have to. like that morning
0: voice <laughs> that deep morning <laughs> voice going on. In your I uh,
1: it was 3:45 I think when my head hit the pillow. Boom, 3:45. Yeah. How
0: many gallons did we get through the evaporator? Well, so
1: last night was it was it was the end of the season. It was the end end all be all party and um it, the syrup was so dirty we figured we kind of got a little trick where when you try to get as close to finish in the pan then dump it off and put it in a bucket and let it sit for a week so it settles out a little bit and then take off that last half gallon of water and then just run it through the filter so much better so uh, ended up with about 35 to 40 gallons I think is where we were at so pulled the taps probably a week too early I think we could have got another 10 gallons but you know it was such a late fast run for us this year that it, something that quick and intense you run out of wood you run out of patience you run out of just kind of everything so pulled the taps on monday and tuesday and yeah here we are on sunday all nice. done and tired so we got to divvy up that maple syrup it, it was beautiful it maple was some syrup too. beautiful maple syrup we got a really cool picture with all the i think there's 11 total cooks and that's you know the first cook is that beautiful amber yeah. oh my gosh is it just golden the color. Perfect color yeah. And then it just, uh, the last batch, you could hardly see through. Yeah. <laughs> it was just, <laughs> nice I mean, it was dark. It off. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. So that's, that's that. But like you said, now it's on to the next adventure and, and summer's coming up. So, um, yeah. Hopefully, and I work with Jimmy here, I, I want to use some of that maple syrup and some type of barbecue sauce. I mean, Oof, the, kids, nice. the kids love it, but I, I'd really like to get. I just don't have that barbecue recipe yet that I can really own. So I'd like to play around with something that I can really kind of own with that maple syrup. There's
2: actually a place just north of here that he gave me some samples a couple years ago. And he doesn't put it on the market, but he wants to have individuals and teams use it for things. And he does a uh, pepper-infused maple syrup off of his. And uh, it's got some really nice... Flavors in it, and it works well with a lot of different things. That's so, cool. Yeah,
1: awesome. Well, Aaron, take us in anything into the news here this week, we, or any? So,
2: so we got
0: we got the dumbass uh, news. The people who uh, have outdoor dumbasses, outdoor yeah. dumbasses who have no idea. Uh, but then we also have another uh, interesting one. We'll start with that one first. Um, this this just came out. Uh, President Biden. Um, I always hate talking politics, but hey, uh, President Biden has uh, introduced a thirty for thirty plan which me and it has some significant ramifications for us hunters and anglers. Um, and the 30 for 30 plan, just for those who are listening in and watching and you don't know exactly, uh, but President Biden's 30 for 30 initiative, it's also known as America the Beautiful, and this program aims to conserve 30% of America's lands and waters by the year of 30, hence 3030. And according to the U.S. Geological Survey, only about 12% of the United States landmass right now, and 23% of its sovereign waters are currently protected, but, and we know this here in Eau Claire, as you just drive around and things just keep going out and out with the urban sprawl, climate change, fractured habitat, natural resources uh, experts say that this is what is super necessary to do. So. Uh, President Biden did not coin the phrase 30 for 30. That actually came from uh, scientists who proposed this back in 2019. Um, and this uh, this is a pretty lofty goal. And, you know, that's basically what, eight years from now, have 30% of landmass and waterways accessible to us. Uh, thoughts?
2: Well. That's good. Uh, yeah, it's it's fantastic, especially for the outdoor people in general, because... For instance, north of here in the Chequamegon National Forest, there's a lot of tourist areas which have been booming over the last 30, 40 years, and people want their toys to be able to be used, everything from ATVs to high-powered boats to you name it, and there's been some real dogfights in townships and areas to not sell properties, sell properties to uh, developers who want to build big condos, big resorts, big... uh, basically properties that are money makers rather than leaving them the way they are where you can take a canoe or a kayak out, you can take and hike a back trail without having an ATV run you down. And uh, there's been some real, real interesting town board um, elections because of that. And some have been for the sports people and some have been against them. And unless the state or federal government step up and actually put a little bite behind what you can't buy and you can't purchase, um, every area is looking to make money in one way or another and it's gonna be taxes or it's going to be some way of selling property off to make money and all of our best access goes away in a hurry. It yeah. just gets yeah. gobbled up.
0: One, one, of the, one of the things that um, uh, I've, been, I've been following is all, there's, this, there's this argument too about um, I come in, I buy a ranch or I buy mm-hmm. 50, 60 acres and there's a river or a creek right. that runs through it. Who owns it? Right, you the know, access you know, point.
2: No, Out yeah. west, it's already in the Western U.S. It's already an issue of you it's better be issue. in the water, and then now, now do you have the rights to yeah. that? Individual. So can I can
0: I walk down a stream with my mm-hmm. waders on fly fishing, or am I touching somebody else's property? Mm-hmm. Or what about a tuber or canoeers that aren't touching the, the actual ground but they're in the water? And it's a huge issue. Yeah, mm-hmm. People are coming in and saying, "Well, now that I bought this for." you know 2 million dollars is mine. So I yeah. Um the the nice thing about this is uh this is fascinating is, is it's got mo- it's got a lot of support from uh, from people such as the NRA has signed on to it and said, you know, they're they're all in uh, to backcountry hunters and anglers to the TRCP. Uh but one Uh, There are some that are not not for it. For instance, the governor of Montana said they will not participate in this because he said uh, it's long on philosophy, but it it lacks detail. So he thinks Biden administration is is out of jurisdiction. But I just think, I mean, I don't know. It's not as simple as this, but I just think more more access for hunters and anglers, the better. I mean, it's kind of a win-win, wouldn't you think?
1: You'd think. I mean, my... I try to talk about it every show is that conservation the word conservation You can call yourselves an outdoorsman or outdoorswoman, um, but that would also encompass maybe somebody who drives a you know 700 cc four-wheeler or something like that where that could actually do more damage and you know so yes, there's outdoorsmen, there's conservationists and I, I like to again try to think that I'm at least striving to be I, I know I'm an outdoorsman, but I at least strive to be a conservationist and and that's this seems like something that would, you know, it seems like a no-brainer. I mean, that, that if, there's, if you're going to get into a... Um, if, if you have an axe to grind in the political spectrum, yeah, you're probably going to be able to pick it apart, um, maybe, and it, it might create some issues, but I think it sounds, you know, you get support on both sides of the aisle. I mean, it, it just seems like a no-brainer, especially if you're, if you're a conservationist, a true um, care about the land, the animals. I'm not saying care about, you know, we're, we're still hunters,
2: and, and that's why we're caring about it. It's to protect that. And if you look back in uh, history, um, way back to Teddy Roosevelt, he was the one who started to push for national parks. Mm -hmm. And he got all kinds of pushback back then to basically, and now people from around the world marvel at some of our natural resources that we saved and some of our parks and have access to the public. And every state's got their own philosophy, but ultimately, if you can do a nationwide push and get chunks here and chunks there, it can only be a positive yeah. in the long run because 30, 40, 50 years from now, people might look back and say, I'm glad they saved that area because it could have been gone within five years. Yep, mm-hmm.
0: yep, and now, you know, now they're saying that the the big work is, is ahead of us where we need to get to the table, you know, all these listening sessions happening around the country because now what they have to figure out is they have to figure out, okay, uh, w- Um, like what land do you want conserved you know what what parts of of the country do you want uh, to be in this whole act and and conserved as so that's a a big debate and restore what kind of landscapes and and where do we want these particular healthy wildlife populations to to be at so just something a little interesting to you know it's always good to know what's happening uh, both at the federal level that trickles down into the state and then your local politics as well so all right here's the here it is uh, just dumb people that have no idea. The outdoor dumbasses. Yep, yeah, the dumbest poachers. Here we go. The dumbest poachers of 2021. Now, poaching, obviously, you're, you're just dumb in the first place. But at, we'll get to the reason why they are the dumbest. But this January, uh, Devin, Taylor, Jacob, Dylan, and Austin pleaded guilty to 48 wildlife violations in western Iowa's Ida County Court. According to the press release from the Iowa Department of Natural Resources, state, uh, co- uh, state conservation officer said that evidence showed that these individuals shot wildlife out of season over bait from vehicles without proper tags. The investigation began, as always, with a tip off. So uh, <laughs> uh, they executed search warrants in their homes of Iowa uh, and they discovered evidence. Uh, initially, we were going on an illegal wild turkey tip as a basis for the search warrant, and then doing this uh, search warrant, we came across illegal activity in plain view, which led to another search warrant. Uh, they racked up; these men racked up eighty-three thousand dollars in fines. <laughs> they've lost some of their precious uh, rifles. Uh, they pleaded. You know, one guy, one one guy alone was guilty on 23 citations with fines and damaging damages totally, totaling 37,000 uh, and a minimum seven-year hunting license suspension. Holy <laughs> crap. Five <laughs> rifles were taken, three shotguns, and three bows were used in the poaching. Now, here's where the dumb part comes. I mean, that's just well, <laughs> yeah. Uh Maybe. It goes on to say, I'm not sure what the end game was. They had a Facebook group. They created a Facebook group, like a Hunting Outdoors Facebook group, and they were posting a lot of these photos on that group page. Jesus. (laughs) But no evidence of them selling or profiting from the illegal behavior. But uh, this group, uh, obviously this Facebook Facebook group is no longer up, uh, and this isn't the first time. Uh, We've seen poachers breaking it up on social media, but it probably won't be the last. Facebook, busted for poaching because you posted on Facebook. Oh man, the dumbest poachers of 2021. I don't know, dude.
2: Well, it's kind of funny because it's it's amazing to me that people short circuit when it comes to legal and not legal, mm. when it comes to hunting and fishing. Yeah. It's like, because they can, they do. And uh, it was Two years ago, I was hiking out from a spot I'd been pheasant hunting, and I was walking across a cut cornfield, and two geese came in four minutes after uh, time, and I let them fly over, and I kept walking, and their game warden was standing at my truck with his binoculars, and he said, Oh, those geese, uh, why didn't you take them? I said, that was four minutes after opening. Mm -hmm. And he said, yeah. He goes, I know, that's why I was watching you. And I laughed, I said, well, you just don't do that. We're talking, well, while we're talking, when you're saying that a guy is coming over the hill with his pickup truck and he slams on the brakes when he sees me talking to the warden and slams it in reverse and goes back up the hill backwards 30 miles an hour and the warden says oh we'll talk later i gotta go and hopped in his car and took off and the next time i saw the warden was about a year later in 2021 and i said well he goes oh yeah he had all kinds of illegal geese in his truck that he never he had shot but if he would have just driven by us i never would have paid attention but But it's like short circuits because he knew this is illegal i never should have done this oh my god you know and
1: well and that that short circuit that's that what are they It's that those five or six phases or stages of a hunter, you know, Mm -hmm. um, where there just gets to a point where, you know, there's whatever the shooting or limiting out phase. I don't I don't know what exactly those are, but it ends with conservation as being or giving back as the final stage. But I know people that are just stuck in that; they just want to kill something. That's and it and they do. It it drives them to this the gray area, which it should, obviously it's not gray, but a gray area of what's legal and what's not. And then they just, they, they don't care. Or well, they don't, And I've they don't said for
2: years, it. I've said, I've called it posting numbers. Mm-hmm. It's not how you got it. It's not, did you have fun doing it? It's not who you were with. It's all about 27 of this and 18 of that. And don't mention half of them are illegal, never should yeah. have done it. It's yeah. that got to prove instead of why are we even doing this outdoor stuff, yeah. you know?
1: Mike Hepner, our last guest, he talked about, and it, we weren't talking about illegal activity, but just I mean, posting numbers. You know, we talked about what shotgun can reach out the furthest, and and that the conservation part of that is, no, I don't. I know I can shoot something at sixty yards. I can mm-hmm. shoot. I can shoot a turkey at sixty yards with the right gun, with the right conditions, whatever. But I want to see that challenge of how close can I get it? You know, that kind of stuff. So, posting numbers, yeah, you 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 do. You see the limiting out, mm-hmm. all of that kind of stuff. It's. Um, is, you do I, like I said we have friends of our own that we, we know that do that but
0: mm-hmm. but, the, but the drive if you, if you think about it the drive to to get likes and compliments on social media I mean isn't that the I mean they, they just want the Fan, I don't know they what they want. fan is. support. Yeah, yeah, that's a good way to describe it. it fan it's support. Dude, it's like that guy, uh, was it last year, two years ago, shot what could have been close to the state record here in Wisconsin, right here in Eau Claire County. Yep, yep. And, you know, shot it on another guy's land, drug it across, shot it before shooting hours, you know, but never once did he think, hmm, taking a picture of my grip and grin mm-hmm. and posting it on social media never, never dawned on him, like, maybe I shouldn't do that Mm -hmm.
1: that's a whole nother episode when we get in i mean i know steven ranella had it on his podcast very recently and it was him and his brother that debated and just about like how that just the social media um and all that kind of stuff has opened up pandora's box of of hunters and hunting and just a a whole different thing so
2: well and you said it you just you know commented all the dumbasses out there who ruin it for the 95 percent good hunters, and only remember the bad ones, and the people only who are non-hunters and non-outdoor people will remember those yep. yahoos who do that. And I've yep. called them yahoos my whole life. Yep. They don't do it because they wanna be a hunter or a fisherman. They want it, like you said, for fandom. Hey, they you are,
0: they're, they're watching the shows, they're watching. Mm-hmm. Well, okay, let's so, get into the good stuff. Let's get into the meat of things. <laughs> what, uh, yeah, you see I see what you it So here's what we wanna do. Uh, we want this episode, To be, for those who are listening, who are thinking about uh, buying a grill or a smoker uh, for the first time. Or, specifically, those who have been grilling and smoking and you might want to upgrade. You might want to kind of get your hands dirty with recipes and really do a deep dive and go further with your smoking abilities or your grilling uh, abilities. So, if that's you, then this episode is for you and you're going to want to... You're gonna want to stay with us here because this is gonna be good stuff. Because we got again, we got Jimmy here to talk about this. Um, And Jimmy, just really quickly, how did you get into grilling? How did you get into smoking? I mean, how did that happen?
2: Well, that's um, everyone always asks. When did it start? How did it? Well, I've always kind of been uh, a foodie, and I've always loved the grill and the tailgates at different events. Everything from you know Packer games to concerts to wherever you're at, and. Uh, One summer back in the late 80s, early 90s, I decided with a couple people, we were going to go on a little road trip and try barbecue around the country, and it went really well. And then the next summer, we did some again and gradually started picking it up and then started really noticing because we're from Wisconsin, Kansas City Barbecue Society in the center of the country is kind of a a big national organization. I kind of got hooked up with some of their stuff. And... uh, the thing is, the big difference is in Wisconsin, a lot of times, just because of the weather, we're more of a grilling state than we are a barbecue or a smoking mm-hmm. state. We do a lot of both, but as you move farther south in the country, obviously they're much more hardcore on the overnight than the low and slow in 10, 12 hours. And I personally said, I like that, but I much more enjoy with friends setting up on the day of and getting everything going so it's ready by mid or late afternoon or have it ready in the daytime rather than having to be up all night tending the fireboxes and doing all the big pieces of meat, which is fun. It's great. Still do some, but most people aren't going to do that. And me personally, that's how I got into it. And ever since then, it's evolved into me running tournaments and judging competitions and doing a lot of things with friends and, uh, different people I know in the area.
1: And so again, for those of you listening, um, you know, you heard you heard Jimmy's little, uh, his resume earlier and, and, and everything that you've done through Kansas City, barbecue and all that kind of stuff. Um, everybody has their network, I call it a network. You know, the the guys or gals you call when you need something uh, or have, have a question about something. Um, you know, we've done a ton of pheasant hunting together uh, back when I still had dogs, but then it kind of turned over a little bit into food. Jimmy, you're the, you're the guy I, the first guy I call if I got a question about food, like, Hey, I'm going to cook this this weekend or Hey, I'm going to do that. So, and that's why you're here. But we've talked about, Aaron and I have talked about like not dumbing it down, but just, well, there are many different types of grillers. I mean, right there's right. the, yeah, I'm going to be just a competition barbecue guy. Mm-hmm. Okay. Then there's the, you know, the little Weber tailgate grill and that's yep. that's Jordan my neighbor Jordan and you mm-hmm. you worked with Jordan give for a while. my brats, Yep, give my it, <laughs> yep and, and that's it. impress
0: everybody with those.
1: Yep and all that kind of stuff oh, yeah. so and that's why you're here because I know you have a plethora of knowledge about kind of all that stuff and have some unique perspectives on it. So. Well,
2: and one thing I was going to say, just jokingly, the, the grilling and the smoking, the one thing about, you said my resume is, you pick up things, I do like to brag to people out of everything I've done. It's not so much this, it's about the grilling aspect. I've grilled over 50,000 brats, legitimately <laughs> 50,000. I want to get a hat that says 50,000 <laughs> on it. And I have proof, if people don't believe me, I can multiply it out, show you where and when and how at different events and different uh, fundraising functions and all that kind of stuff. So. The the broad aspect and the grilling is just as fun as any type of barbecue or smoke, and I'll tell you what everybody has had a really good grilled burger and a really bad grilled, bad grilled burger. You know, it's there's a fine yeah. art to getting it consistently where people love it. You know.
1: So let's start with smoking versus grilling. Mm-hmm. Let's let's start there. So for those of you listening, that you're it's summer, you're and I, I know all the stores, hardware stores, all that kind of stuff mm-hmm. have just got all their grills and smokers in. Explain, explain briefly that
2: big difference between grilling and smoking. Cause if I, All if right.
0: I'm new to this, mm-hmm. I have to ask the question, A, what, well I have to ask, what do I want to do?
2: Okay. Well really good. And that's what most people always ask because most people know basics of grilling, but they don't know where to go beyond that point. And I tell people it's easy to remember this in any of this. I call it TNT time and temperature. That's the thing you're always looking at when you do either grilling or smoking or barbecuing of any form. So one of my favorite chefs out there that you watch is Jacques Pepin, who's a god in the whole areas. He used to always say, especially with meat, the problem people have is they try to cook it in medium amount of time. Most meat has to be done quickly at a high temperature or slowly at a low temperature. Hmm. And nothing in between really works. So when people say, well, I'll just let it go a little longer. I'll let it go a little longer. You're kind of ruining it at that point. Or you don't let it go long enough to really break down a lot of the muscle fibers. That's the true difference between a grill and smoke is the amount of the temperature, how high it's going to be, and how quickly it's going to come on and off. So for instance, I use the rule of thumb most grilling is always under 45 minutes. It'll be 10 minutes, 20 minutes, 30 minutes, depending on what you're doing at a higher temperature, whether it's gas, wood, charcoal, whatever it happens to be. And anything over an hour, hour and a half, two hours is gonna be more of a low and small, slow smoke or barbecue style.
0: Gotcha, okay, now you, and then, and then, so it, it's also now with the technology and everything. Mm-hmm. It's not necessarily uh, uh, an either or. You can get mm-hmm. combos now too, right? You can get a both hand, sure. and you sure. can kind of, kind of maybe. And we'll we'll talk about mm-hmm. that here in a little bit. But uh,
2: well, and so. to spin off of what you just said, one of the things you have to say to yourself is, and everyone's going to be different on this: how much hands-on do I want to be with my unit that i'm using some people love the digging in the wood and the charcoal and adjusting and checking and having every 10 minutes 20 minutes doing something others are what is the least amount of work i have to do to put it out and make it quality just set it And forget it. set it and forget it, like the old Ronco commercials yep, used to yes. always say, the infomercials. Yep,
1: but then you get like an offset or a reverse flow, and then it's just constant mm-hmm. poking and prodding. And that's one d- of
2: the difference when you talk yeah. about the differences. J-
1: Jason mm-hmm. Caldwell would would like an offset something, or you have to be mm-hmm. constantly poking and oh prodding that gosh, fire. Jason Caldwell, <laughs> <like> that. <laughs> he, just, he can't. He would not be able to handle a set it and forget no. it. Yeah. So okay. So the so the first thing people have to really think about is what are you going to be? You know, what's your prime? Mm-hmm. So yep, you're gonna have the brats. The burgers, the chicken breasts, the kind of that that kind of stuff, um, and grills, and then you're gonna have yeah maybe a crossover or maybe something that's just strictly for smoking. Mm-hmm. So when it when it comes to those, let's start with. Um, well, let's let's spend just thirty seconds on like that far smoking unit, like I was just mm-hmm. talking about, maybe like the offset or the sure. reverse flows. Sure where it's right, a it's fire on one end and it just draws the, the heat and smoke across right. the gate. correct? That's
2: the one that they always call is the, um, the one that looks like you're smoking. It looks like you're at the old time barbecue mm-hmm. pit. It looks like that. And ultimately, you know, there's a lot of different name brands out there. Ultimately, you're gonna spend somewhere in the neighborhood of 300 to $700 for one of those. Um, both the Highlander and the Longhorn, which were made by Oklahoma Joe, are in that range, they do a good quality job, but you're gonna have to really gauge it after a while. You're gonna have to play with the damper, you're gonna have to play with the uh, wood and the charcoal mix that you're using in there. Um, Also, the less expensive the smoker is, usually the thinner it is, meaning it's not made very heavily, which means the temperature will vary, especially in cold, windy weather, or rainy weather, or damp, and you're not gonna be able to just leave it because you're going to be adding and subtracting heat yep. all the time
1: so if again if you're listening so an offset smoker is going to be something that looks like a looks like a grill or a smoker and then with like a mini grill or smoker attached right off to the side like usually two,
2: horizontal yep. usually looks like a big tube with yep. another smaller tube attached on the bottom and at the top will be a smoke stack and the air is drawn through from the base fire down in that small box yep. through the grill out the main smoker Good thing about it is you can usually fit a fair amount of things on it. Bad am- is you're going to have to mess with it a lot. And yeah. it's hard to get a good flow of smoke to be consistent. So everything tastes the same inside your smoker.
1: And they're and they're not the type of thing where you're going to sear steaks on. So let's, right. let's, that's not a griller. This is a right. smoker. This is something that's going to really break down the mm-hmm. fibers in the meat and really make it um, mm-hmm. what a true barbecued cold pork shoulder any type of stuff like that so let's go to the other side of that and then we'll come back to the middle in between there so let's just go if you're just no i want nothing to do with that i Mm -hmm. just want quick easy brats burgers chicken breast chicken wings things like that so you're just looking for a a Weber gas grill or, Mm -hmm. you know, Weber charcoal or, you know, whatever, whatever, just a Well, and here's what's
2: funny when you say that. The one thing about gas and personally, again, this is just me. I'm not big on gas, but I know some people need to use it just because of efficiency sake and Mm -hmm. having to be in and out quickly. Um, Charbroil makes a really nice one for about 250 or 300 that you can do a lot of things. Um, Whether it's gas, charcoal or wood, um, Stephen Reichlin from barbecue you and a lot of the big time shows. One of his favorite sayings is the three zone fire, meaning however you set it up, whether it's on a gas grill or it's on a charcoal grill, you're going to want to have one third of it with no heat, one third with a little heat and one third with all of your heat. So no matter where you're at, you can adjust the stuff on there to less heat or more, according to how quickly it's getting done, especially if you're grilling. Now, that's one of those with gas, you can obviously just roll it off to the side you don't have your burners on. Yep. If it's on the high heat side, that's where you're really singeing in those grill marks and you're really making it look mm-hmm. pretty and really getting that flavor on the actual bar itself. Now, when you said Weber, it's kind of funny because Weber has taken its gas grill up way up to the Genesis series now. Mm-hmm. And the Genesis series are a $2,000 gas grill for the home cook yeah and wow. it's like Holy i don't know about you but my brats <laughs> i don't know if i need a two thousand no, no, hour gas grill my no, brats no. and burgers on no, shit. at I'll, that point oh. i'll use my air fryer
1: yeah but i bet you it's all stainless steel it's oh it's, pretty it's, it's as ever. good as you're ever going but again get. but you're yeah. you're always going to have flare-ups with the gas grills yep. like that and i think for the most part when you talk about just grill only I mean, I know you can grill and with a lot of the crossovers, which are going to sure. get into other fuel sources. But if you're looking for just grill only, you're probably going to be looking at propane or you know a gas yeah, grill. I mean, the, the others, the others, you're going to get in. You you can have a lot of and just a, things and a do. quick
2: hint off the gas grill, which some people will do and not do. If you want to get a little of that smoke flavor, get some good wood chips or wood chunks, wrap them in tin foil get a couple of uh, holes in there mm-hmm. and put it right down near that base flame it'll combust in there but it'll just give that nice flavor of wood without yep. a whole lot of hassles you can after you're done pull that little packet of ash out of there throw it away easy cleanup easy to do it you get a little extra wood flavor on a gas grill yeah
1: and the thing mm-hmm. with the biggest thing with the grills and we'll just touch base on it is just the burners i mean that's what a lot of the things you're paying for right. cuz the burners will Burn out on those things so quick yeah. and so fast. I know I had the Holland grill. I was huge on that. It was just an on and off grill that ran at about 375. That's that mm-hmm. there was no temperature control. Right. But that was a cast iron burner. It was never gonna go out. Um, but that's the biggest thing with those that when you're when you're looking to purchase those is look at looking at the burners, because those are gonna be you're gonna,
2: probably what four to five years, you're probably gonna need to replace a right. burner and most right? average propane grills. And most people are going to have those on their decks or right on their back patios or their garage. They're going to haul them out. They're going to fire them up. They're going to get stuff in and out within an hour or less. And that's what you're going to do with them. So basically,
0: basically it's it's, it's answering the question, what do I want to do, Mm -hmm. right? When it comes to this. And then from there, figuring out what your budget is. Right. With the understanding though, that yes, if knowing what you're paying for, Mm -hmm. Um, And if you can spare a couple more hundred dollars, you can get something that's going to be a little bit thicker uh, That's going to help control the temperature a lot better Mm -hmm. uh, Kind of stuff so
2: and to go along with that real quickly I look at it for the everyday person every two hundred dollars you jump you're getting a couple extra features and benefits off of it so for instance the weight goes up in the actual quality Um, A lighter one, if you do do higher temperature, like Adam said, it'll burn out quicker, but also the metal flexes a lot and you have to buy sealant to go around some of the edges so you can retain the heat. And that's okay until that breaks down even more. And again, it's kind of a $300, $500, $700, and then you can take some jumps from there is what you're looking at price range for most people.
1: So then we get into the big I mean, we really haven't, and we won't talk about like the, the, the locker smokers, the brat, you know, the Bradley puck smokers that that's, you're getting into again, kind of the same concept mm-hmm. of the offsets and things mm-hmm. like that. You're trying to produce the same thing, just much cheaper, easier, set it and forget it. Um, mm-hmm. But now the big, that big group, the combos, you know, and I know mm-hmm. we have a couple grills sitting in front of us here that we're, we're looking at that can do it all, but there's, that's getting to be the attraction is the combo grills and smokers and, and it makes sense because a, a lot of you like I'll say Aaron you know mm-hmm. he's looking to just start getting your hands dirty and do more things so we have a lot to <laughs> to talk about in regards to combo but let's start with fuel first okay and we've t- we've talked about the propane and I know we can add smoked propane with either po- uh, mm-hmm. uh, chips, packages of chips and stuff like that But now when you get into the combos, now you're really talking about the fuel type is going to be your first choice. Like, Mm -hmm. what are you going to use? Is it going to be, we got charcoal, we got wood, we got pellets. Mm -hmm. Um, I know you can still do the propane with some of the the combos and things like that. So let's break that down first when it comes to those three different things Um, Mm -hmm. from a fuel source.
2: Charcoal. Okay, well, when you're using charcoal, again, you're going to have a quick burn, which means it'll go quicker than most of the other types. You'll be able to keep it. Now each type of charcoal ranges in price is significant. There's Mm -hmm. a lot of charcoal that might be three times as much as some of the other ones. Um, the way they press them, the way they put wood chip or no wood chip in them really affects that. Personally, when you're trying to do something quickly, I like to use a basic charcoal with some higher end lump, or wood chunk to mix in for a little better flavor and a little more attention of heat. Because a lot of the charcoals, I hate to say this, marketing-wise, they are made for a quick start, quick finish, in and out which is great if you're doing something that's just 10, 15, 20 minutes. But if you have to do something like, you know, big pieces of chicken on there, Mm -hmm. you might have to add charcoal one or two times that all of a sudden, like Adam mentioned earlier when we were talking, your price goes up significantly just to do one family load of chicken or something like that. Um, Marketing too, there's no reason you can't figure out which ones you wanna mix together. And it's a trial and error thing where, and I don't know if we wanna use name brands, but I'll just call it the big K for right now. <laughs> K is quick, it's efficient, it's easy, but it burns up quickly. Now there's another brand, uh, RO out there, <laughs> that used to be very comparable and they said, you know, we can't compete with their technology. We're going to kind of go for a lower, slower burn. So if you're going to have something out there and mix the two, you get the quick start, you get the long burn, and you take the advantage of both of the two in one grill. Now, the last trend in the last five to 10 years is cowboy lump charcoal. Mm-hmm. Yep. And lump is great. Some people are intimidated by it because they might open the bag and there's pieces as big as your head in there. Yep. And you're supposed to throw your grill, now what do I do with this thing? Yeah. Well, again, that's where the mixture might come in. You throw some of your briquettes in from a well-known one, a couple big chunks of cowboy lump, and now you get a good burn and a little longer steady burn.
1: And charcoal, charcoal we can go super freaking hot, and, but we can also go pretty low as well with it. Um, so that's a big thing to know about charcoal is it, it is pretty versatile. Um, and I'll tell you this, with just with my very recent experience with, with my new master belt, is the lower you go with charcoal, if you're trying to add smoke, be careful because you can over smoke the crap out of it. I mean, you can, I mean, I've had 100%. pieces of meat, I mean, because you, you don't need, especially if you go lump charcoal, people make the mistake of wanting to add more wood chunks to it you don't need to if you go lump charcoal and you're going at 225 uh, my suggestion would be don't add any wood to it because you're going to get all plenty of that of plenty of that so it's it's very versatile so let's talk pellets. so the pe- pellet grills you know they they are the they're the big rage and in pellets as a fuel um sounds like prices are going up i mean prices are going up on everything but that's i have got a couple friends with the you know, easy bake ovens as I call them, Mm -hmm. but that's their biggest complaint right now is like, holy crap, you know, I bought this thing five years ago in a 50 pound bag of this, price has doubled in it just in the past few years. So tell us about those pellets if you can, Jimmy.
2: Well, and what's funny is, um, and not to be in the big marketing zone, but um, form utility is the way something is physically made and how you're gonna use it. Well, pellets were the rage because that was the form everyone wanted to throw on their smoker, ease of use, have the auger, drill it in, back in, set it, forget it. Especially people who are busy on Saturdays, they might do it in the morning, fired up, ready to go by supper time, everybody's happy. Or if they do it quickly, ready by lunch time. But again, everyone wants it, so their man goes up, and that form of fuel, the pellet is easy, and, it's, and people are willing to pay for convenience. It's the same principle as when you go to a convenience store versus a main shopping place, you're gonna pay double or triple. And pellet grills are all about convenience. Like Adam just said, it's all about ease of use. And I personally will say the goal is to get a B quality product. If you get an A, awesome. If you get a B plus, awesome. But you shoot for the B every time you do it. And it will be consistently a B for you. The question is, can you get it up any higher? Can you get it up any better by using certain types of fuel, using certain types of flavors, using certain types of marinades or injections with the pellets and that's the part that becomes a little tricky and like we said earlier how much time do you want to spend monkeying with it versus set it and forget it with the pellets
1: and pellets will always have a flavor i'll tell you that like you can cook stuff on charcoal that it gets hotter even i would say charcoal above probably 275 to 300 yeah. you kind of <clears throat> you kind of lose that charcoal flavor or smoke flavor but pellets i just this is always a you know, a Traeger always has a Traeger taste to the food. Right. I mean, there's always a taste. It's here.
2: kind of the, the pellet grill grilled item. Yep. And yep. I hate to say, but, you know, in, and again, most of you out there aren't competing, but to take it to that next level, you've got to do some twists and turns with a pellet grill to really make it good. Now, most of you, if you get your product off there and you do the right time and temp, you're going to be happy with it. You're going to look at it and say, wow, this is really good. I really like it. And so do my friends. Awesome. But the question is, to take it to the, I say the, oh, this is one of the best I've had, that's kind of tough sometimes with yeah. grill.
1: So, well, and and I can just jump in with wood. I mean, wood, that's going to be a very select few that are only going to be using wood. It's going to be offset. Mm-hmm. It's going to be reverse flow. Um, you might throw, like, um, a bigger chunk of wood on, on some charcoal here and there. But if you're going to solely cook or smoke, because um, you can do anything with wood from grilling to... You know, I actually my favorite stuff is just over an open flame of wood. Like there's nothing better than just a mm-hmm. burger or a steak or a pork chop over just some open flame. Like oh, that's the just,
0: campfire with a TV. yeah. That I
1: love that the, the campfire paper. with the tripod oh, with it. I mean, it's it's so it's so best. good, um, but. The, the big thing there is if you're going to be somebody somebody that's going to get into that where you're going to buy something like that where it's a bigger, you know, and I, I say bigger offset because the littler offsets are you're going to use charcoal, maybe with some wood added to it. But if you're going to go big offset, um, something that's maybe mounted on a trailer, you're going to need a wood supplier. I mean, you right. need to make sure you have a good supply of and good it's, quality it's wood. It's
2: funny you say that because um, when we were talking combo grills, my brother at his old place had a combo out on his deck. And most of the time he would fire up the gas portion of it for brats and burgers and things like that. But he did have the uh, wood side and he had a connection with a guy who did oak wood flooring. And the oak wood flooring, when he would cut to size, he'd have all these six inch, eight inch, 10 inch pieces randomly that he'd throw in a 55 gallon drum. And he would give them to John. And you wanna talk about one of the best steak cooking fires you've ever used, (laughs) oak flooring humming along, <laughs> which is that red glow, yep. and you could get the best sear and the, the best bubble. consistent yeah. heat, and it was so clean-tasting, and like you said, just that clean wood burn. So
1: know? real quick story about off, or, um, uh, combo grills. Um, at our previous, at Jimmy's, a uh, place of employment where he retired from, <laughs> he had a combo grill, and Jimmy would always cook stuff, especially in the spring, there's like a greenhouse attached to um, his office, so um, it, <laughs> So he had this beautiful, I shouldn't say beautiful, it was actually really ugly, but it was a, <laughs> it was it was a combo smoker grill. It was dude. an old school. But he, I don't even remember what you smoked that year, but you smoked something and started it in the morning. And his the smoker happened to be just outside like the HVAC for the entire building. The, this building is <laughs> enormous. And... Half of that building, it got caught. It got sucked into the air exchange. Oh, we had and the best barbecue was, smoke smell you've ever smelled. Oh my god, did it smell it, it, oh smelled. God, and it smelled so
2: good in that building? But, but the it was one office right next to there, she had to leave. She's like, I can't take it anymore. I smell oh, like a giant barbecue rib.
1: Yeah, yeah it was awful. <laughs> sucked it all right through. Uh,
0: Everybody <laughs> goes over work and they're like, Ah, uh, you know, tell me
2: what you where, where were you? Well,
0: what's yeah. Going on? Okay. The yeah. Other, so the other the other thing too is is um, when you talk about uh, picking out what you want to do budget, uh, the feature part the thing, mm-hmm. I, I'm just like, I'm floored, like I have I have just the green egg, but the accessories that I can purchase now, mm-hmm. you can, Adam can run his master built from mm-hmm. work, uh, so he can put something on at 6 a.m. and he can control it from his phone. Mm-hmm. There's accessories for my green egg that mm-hmm. I can do it from wherever I'm at. Mm-hmm. I mean, that is just on un- the technology right now, but I will yeah. tell you this, I'm the person, Who, for as much as that sounds cool, that's not the kind of griller I am, I like to sit in my lawn chair, drink in my bush, you know, taking in the sun, hanging out with the family, neighbors out out front or on my deck. That's the kind of guy I am when it comes to grilling. But uh, talk about some just where technologies are taking this grilling and the smoking, especially somebody who who puts on contests and, and does that.
2: Well, I'll tell you, there's a hundred different ways to go with that, like you said. Personally, um, you can make it as simple or complicated as you want. I say most of the people right now that I know, whether they're serious or not as serious about it, they like to have a digital probe in there that they can at least check on their phone or on a system where they can either look on their laptop or their phone or their iPad or whatever to see what the temperature's at. Like we said at the very beginning, it's time and temp, time and temp. And if you know you're running too hot, you gotta make sure you back it off a little. If you're running too cold, you gotta get that heat up there. It's all about staying in the zone. I remember, um, speaking of green eggs, I watched six guy, or a, a team that had six green eggs at a competition, uh, here in central Wisconsin years ago, and they had probes on all of them in their camper with a line graph for lines <laughs> to represent each of the green eggs they had. And all of a sudden the red line would go or the blue line would shoot out of the, the safe zone and they'd yell out, number four needs heat or number six needs damper, uh, cool it down. So you can do that geez. with those probes, but ultimately on the unit itself will be a thermometer The higher priced ones have quality ones. The lower priced ones are not real reliable. Anything under probably $300, you want to have something in the meat itself. And make sure, and like Adam, he likes to be able to be mobile, so I know he likes to be able to check his stuff regularly digitally. Yeah.
1: The biggest thing there is, yeah, maybe 20, 25 years ago, it's not as big of a deal because you know what? The Mm -hmm. cost of a brisket wasn't as much as it is now you don't want to screw something up you don't want either a flare up or whatever that my biggest thing is i i don't want to ruin the piece of meat i don't care if it goes maybe cold or your grill goes out but i don't i don't want to flare up or something like that so i'm more concerned about monitoring the temp um and there are there's tons and we won't get into that but there's so many high quality um and that truly is Mm -hmm. those the the thermometers you pay you get what you pay for you absolutely get what you pay for but I think around, if you go, if you want to go $75 to $100, you will get, you will be very happy with it. 100%. If you have, if you go under 50 for a wireless, I'd be pretty cautious. But wouldn't,
0: wouldn't you also say that the number one accessory, no matter what, would be some form of thermometer that you can take the, the temperature inside the vehicle?
2: Well, one of the big ones right now is um, the collapsible ones that are literally hook on your belt hook on your pocket, stick in your pocket, and you can pull it out at any time and you'll get an instant read literally within 10 seconds. And that's the key for somebody who wants to be hands-on. As long as you know what your zones are gonna be for the item you're doing, and anyone can find that online anywhere you want. But you can basically say, I need this to be at 195 or I need this to be at 145 or whatever it is. Bing, in and out, done. And that's where, to be honest, if you do a small amount of items, it's easy to control that. But the bigger amount, different sides, different places, different flow, it'll affect it 10, 20 degrees a lot of times. Yeah. And some people go, I got a great piece of something. Like, that was okay, you know. So you gotta watch that on the actual layout of the items in your unit.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Cause everybody, every griller and smoker knows the hot spots, the cold spots. Like my master built, I know that if I'm running it lower, the fan runs slower. So it's hotter closer to the firebox. Mm-hmm. And if I'm running hotter, the fan runs faster, It blows the heat further away from the firebox. So, but I, I got that, I got the Thermal Pro um, thermometer, and I got, it was a two or three years ago. It was before COVID hit, and ThermoPro Pro had a coupon. Like an Amazon coupon, like it was like ninety nine percent off some shit. Like <laughs> oh, I
2: remember that you yeah. had all those pros. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, yeah.
1: So it was like you're somebody crazy. lost their job at Thermal Pro because it, they forgot to put like one item only on and you whatever order, code. I can't
2: remember how many. Well, of them online, I yeah. now
1: for those of you who are, mm-hmm. I would highly recommend. I know a lot of people. Like, I ordered ten units, okay, and I got them for ten dollars, and it was like a hundred dollars worth of stuff. And everyone's gonna be like, "Oh, you you know, you're a bad person for yeah, doing that." Is- you know what? But they're really good. So. Truly, I will buy Thermal Pro again, whether or not they did. whether or not it's whether or not it's a mix up with a coupon or not. I and I would highly recommend Thermal Pro as as a good brand to um to purchase that. And
2: before before we go any further, too, I just want to throw in, we've gone around and round and around on a bunch of different layouts and setups and what's working. I've got to give some personal love to the Weber line. Mm. I'm a Weber guy. I've always been a Weber guy. And guess what? People are like Weber guy. What do you mean? I say it's just like your favorite fishing rod, just like your favorite golf oh. club. The Weber is dynamite for doing what you want to do consistently if you know how to It's a
1: Zebco 33 of reels, right? Yeah. I mean it is. so it's so, so let's let's go there. Let's let's go let's go, let's go brands then. If if we're going to talk, let's talk brands quick and mm-hmm. then we can kind of move on to the meat part of it. Um, so brands, let's talk um, propane gas grill brands, like if there's one or two, well, I saying the same been... to
2: propane. I said, you know, the, the line of the char grill, broil king, broil grill, those are all nice. Um, to be honest with you, there's a lot, a lot, a lot of them out there in that 200 to $350 range. And they all pretty much do the same thing. Yeah. You've got to jump up. Like I said, quite a bit in the gas line to really get a big difference. A mm-hmm. lot of people like that stainless heavy, um, If you have, like, for instance, um, the Komodo line, the egg competition, they've also got a stainless one that they do that's just kind of that middle middle of the road. That's good. But again, personally, it's about where you're going to keep it. Are you keeping it outside on your deck? Or are you going to have it in your garage? Are you going to have it exposed to the element? Is it going to be enclosed in a patio unit you have outside, Mm -hmm. a lot of people have to go with the higher end stainless that's a little more expensive just for the elements. If you have an in and out, in and out, there's really not, unless like Adam said, if you're gonna use it a lot and you're gonna buy a $200 baseline, you know, charbroil grill, it's going to burn out in a couple of summers, it will. Yeah. You're yep. just gonna use it up.
1: And that's the other big part you just said is is how much you're gonna use it. Because I mean, mm-hmm. if you're gonna use this thing, so so let's start there, Aaron, I think we pair the griller up with the brands mm-hmm. as we talk about them. So we just talked, okay, Charbroil, you know, propane type grills. That griller is probably just gonna be the grilling brats, burgers, chicken breasts, chicken wings once in a while. Mm-hmm. Um, probably not grilling a ton. If you're gonna grill a ton three, four days a week, you're probably gonna want a higher and higher quality steel, thicker gauge, things like that which I mean, would you agree with that statement in regards to what type of griller is going to want that basic propane, that basic charbroil?
2: And one of the other things on propane. the basic charbroil is what are the grates actually made out of? A lot of them are made out of a composite metal that it really doesn't consistently heat and cool and it literally will break on you. I've had many people with gas grills I know who end up with broken grates. You have to replace the grates. They're not made to last more than three, four, five years. They just aren't. Uh, As you move up, you'll get a higher gauge metal on the grates themselves. They're easier to clean. They're easier to prep up. Um, One of the things with a gas grill that I've found um, is very important. No matter what line you get, you have to clean them with the brush, And you have to hit them with some oil before you go with your next item. A lot of people like to put an onion down with oil on there. Some people use a paper towel. Some people have Hmm. specific mopping units. It'll get the items to come off. It'll get better grill marks. And again, propane is propane is propane as long as the temperature gauges our quality Yep. Or you have a quality temperature gauge, you can get the heat.
1: So you want. that so that's propane, and and again, it, probably a, a great quality gr- grill grill for most people. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I would say so. Charcoal.
0: Let's go charcoal. Yeah, let,
1: let's go charcoal. I mean, and we're we're gonna get big here because there's a lot of. I mean, you got mm-hmm. Green Eggs, you got Komodos, you got master Belts, You got, I mean, there's so but many the
0: really big br- uh, name brands. Right
2: paper, you know. well, okay here's, here's what's funny about it is um, Green Egg was founded, I believe, in the mid '70s. Mm-hmm. All right, Komodo just came out in two thousand and eight or nine, so literally they're just in the market 10, 12 years. Yeah. So Green Egg had the market to themselves, but nobody paid any attention to them just because they weren't that popular because they're heavy. They're super heavy to move. Yeah, you're You're not throwing that in the back
0: of your car and going to a game and tailgating.
2: And more people were taking things to go someplace or to be able to wheel in, wheel out. And that's why the basic gas grill or the kettle grills of um, Weber-type styles were easy because most of them are under $200, $250. You could come and go. The green egg, you know, now you're up near the four-digit mark on a lot of them, plus accessories, plus whatever. But if you're going to use it, The charcoal in there, the best part is you can save fuel because it keeps such consistent heat. Mm -hmm. The ceramic retains so much of the heat in it. Mm -hmm. So the lining in a green egg and in a Kamado or the acorn style is what they're calling them, which a couple of them actually have names of acorn. Um, There's one on the market. I'm trying to remember who makes it. It's like $209. They have a grill like that which I haven't used it, so I don't know how cold. I can't believe it would do half of what an egg would do. No. But again, it's that principle of less charcoal, more heat retention, in a wind, in a cold, in the winter time, if some of you are out there with snow on the oh, ground. Oh yeah, you. It You can't beat you that. You can't beat that. No way. No, you can't use even a high-end uh, smoker or grill accessory yep. that'll keep it other than an egg.
1: The, the things to think about when you get into stuff with a green egg that I'll say in, in any of the acorn styles, um, it takes a long time to cool off so yeah, if you if you' if you're cooking really quick if you're cooking some burgers and then you're leaving um, for the weekend or something like that mm-hmm. but you're you know, cooking lunch and, or whatever it is that that's going to take a while to cool off I and mean, you got to remember that before you put that back in your garage or things like that that's a big mm-hmm. thing that I always talk about is propane cools off pretty quick shut it mm-hmm. off and within probably 15 20 minutes mm-hmm. it's cool to the touch and you can put it back away charcoal that takes well
2: while. and And me, you know, again, a lot of my friends, I use stuff with them, I do things on different levels of charcoal and gas grills and wood fired, and I enjoy the differences in all of them. But like we said at the very beginning, what are you using it for? Mm -hmm. For instance, me personally, I like to be somewhat mobile. Mm -hmm. I mean, uh, Wisconsin Tailgate Grill, tournaments are on mobile you set up you tear down you got to go and like adam just said if you're waiting a day and a half for the thing to cool down sometimes yeah. it seems like well you can't use it on the yeah. mobile type unless you're going to come back and get it later so how quickly do you need to put it away keep it to the side that's going to be charcoal and woods unless you have a way to shovel it out, get that into a different area, whether it's a firebox. Some people have metal fireboxes, cement fireboxes. They just dump the coals in, dump the wood in, and they let it die. If you go to a big tailgate at a packer game, a Brewer game, they'll actually have the cement bins to dump them in so you can put your stuff away quickly. Yeah. At home, some people like that. Now, that in itself is kind of a safety issue.
1: And, so. and a lot of that with with the green egg and the other i guess comparison then with the green egg versus maybe something if you're looking at buying something again like trying to bring it back mm-hmm. to our listeners that are thinking about buying things um the other thing too is the green eggs the the acorn style. they're finicky but once you get it dialed in they're super oh. efficient and you don't have to touch them i mean again. you get to it, it's incredible how just um uh an eighth of an inch on the vent what what a difference that'll make but then how, that, then you don't need to touch it right. again. Right. And But and, the
0: green egg, I know from experience, green egg is not a grill where if you are a brat kind of guy or just throw burgers on. I mean, they make, they do it, they do just fine. But it's not something that you just hurry up, fire up, no. and and throw throw brat. It'll take longer no. to cool down no. and warm up to cook your brats no. than it is to eat the. Brats.
1: And the and the other the other thing too is think about. When you're purchasing a grill, think about who's going to be using the grill. Mm-hmm. Um, the one thing I don't like about my master built now is is my wife, Steph. Um, but it's not it's something that she's a little more intimidated to light up. Whereas the, the propane grill that I used to have, the Holland, it was she would fight and go light it up, and then she could maybe start dinner before I got home or whatever, things like that. And I would also say probably a, a green egg. And, and I won't... I'm not gonna go I'm not gonna go there and say wives. I'm just gonna say a novice griller or or if you're gonna call your 17-year-old son or daughter to be like, hey, we'll be home in 45 minutes, can you light up the grill quick? A green egg's gonna be a little more difficult for that yep, for that to happen versus a, a propane or something like that, a little more easy. So, okay, so we I mean we covered the green egg. Um I the master build, Aaron, I won't cover the master build as much because we got a whole episode on that, right? got a whole I mean, episode. <laughs> in a so so um, not as much in the master bill. Just know that, that, that the gravity fan series is, is taking off. It's, it's, um, there's a lot of questions about durability just because it's such a new technology. Um, but I think you're going to see, I'm actually, Jimmy, hearing a lot about even offset smokers now going with, Fans to control the heat inside. I actually a lot it's less finicky.
2: Surprising you'd say that. I had a guy last week who's going to be in one of my June tournaments. Ask me about electricity issues for his fan on yeah. his big offset, and he's got a mammoth offset. Does he? And I'm like. Hold it. I said, it's got to be a mobile setup. He goes, Oh yeah, we'll be there. I got the trailer and I've got, okay. Yeah. Most people aren't running that big a rig, but that yeah. fan is the hot tip. But, now. And, yeah. the, and, that,
1: and the thing about the fans, especially on a smaller unit, it's not those massive ones, mm-hmm. but that fan isn't much bigger than a fan on a computer. Um, so the nice thing is there are actually attachments you can buy and plug into something like a Milwaukee or a DeWalt tool. Mm-hmm. you know or battery and you can just run it off of Milwaukee or DeWalt battery wow. mm-hmm. So,
0: well you know as they, as they say it's kind of like with cars mm-hmm. they don't make them like they used to and you mm-hmm. know more computers and mm-hmm. things more things but hey if you can control it a lot better that way
2: yeah right wouldn't. and that's and that's uh, a good point you know comboing up what was just said like uh, Adam just said about who's using it where are you using it and how often are you using it and in what combination of things, if you can do personally, I would say buy two lower priced units, not cheap, but in that two to $400 range, you can do a lot of variations with those. If you wanna take the step up and get one of the two units being a little higher end, go right ahead. But again, like Aaron said earlier, even his use of the green egg becomes, I'm not firing that up for Brats and Burgers. I am going to use that for something when I bring eight people over for chicken yeah. or I'm going to use it for something that I can get a little bit of a smoke flavor on yep. some food for people. And those of you sitting out there who have ones and twos and threes you're doing this for sizes to the whole unit is key. You don't need some of these big rigs. You know, you just don't. Yeah.
0: Finally, what about pellets? brands?
2: I mean, try, I
1: mean, try, tra- 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 The one thing with Trager, I just know from experience, my, um, My friend Richard, who um, he is in the in the Shields Corporation uh, out in Fargo, Uh, he's got a Traeger, which was one of the first ones that Shields ever carried, and the steel on that is just thick. It's beefy. It's built like a tank. He's had that for a long time. And then our my neighbor has a Traeger, and his lid is already bent or warped or something just because he had opened it up and it dropped. You know, it so it just. The thickness on the Traeger um, but as far as name brands I know I'm actually not too um, versed in the pellet grills. I was going to say no.
2: Green Mountain is another I one was gonna, that a ton of people I use. I
1: think Dan just bought a Green Mountain but the thing with the green mm-hmm. I mean and I'm sorry I'm gonna go I'm gonna go on my soapbox the, the pellet the pellet mm-hmm. grills you probably shoot a 6.5 Creedmoor and you're back into your parking spots okay <laughs> so I just they're an easy bake oven I tell you what Oh. I, I, if I had the money, I wouldn't mind buying one. I probably wouldn't use it that much. Um, but that's that. I just, there, I don't know. Just grow up and get a get a real. I know. And, yeah, it's just,
2: well, and not only that, but I'm sorry, it's like, um, can you please. Get the fish on the line, reel it halfway in, and hand it to me, and then yeah. I'll say I caught a fish. Yes, that's that's so,
1: that's so that is so perfect.
2: And I'm I sorry, mean, there are is. shots fired. You still right caught now. the fish. You but, did. You caught but, the fish. But. But. but
1: here's the deal. Here's the deal that, that the pellet grills are going to, be, as far as a combo grill. Yeah. They're, they are absolutely phenomenal. I mean, as in regards to plug it in. Press on, turn a knob to a temperature and walk away. Right. Uh, you can't get better than that no. in, in the grill market right now, if that's what you want. So those of you listening, if you are that person that has a $750 to $1,500 budget um, and you want to you want to maybe dabble in some pulled pork, you maybe want to dabble in a brisket, but yet you want to do mm-hmm. some chicken wings and do some pork chops and chicken breasts, then it's a no brainer to me. But yet you don't, don't want to yeah. put in the time. You don't want to put in the time then it's a no-brainer because the one thing i'm going to warn you with this stuff though is you will never get a bark on that from a Traeger. i've oh. i've smoked tried to smoke a pork butt on that and i just left it on there forever you're never going to get an incredible seal sear from a pellet grill you're, you're just not now i've heard traggers trying to figure out something on the side maybe they have i there was Rumor that they were going to put like a, kind of a sear station off the side, but and you're I go never going to do that with. it.
2: I go back to my B comment earlier. If you want a B grade, you'll get one. Yeah, every time. Every. But if you want that A, A minus, B plus, that really good or excellent, it's just hard. It's almost impossible. I would almost, I would, almost,
1: I would almost argue for the fact that I could take a pork butt and put it on strategically, put it on a propane grill with pot, you know, with mm-hmm. with packets of wood chips, and I could probably get a better bark on that than I would on a pellet grill. No, I agree with that and you it just,
2: because you are more hands-on because yeah. you're gonna check it, you're gonna know it, you're so gonna it be just, on top yeah, of it.
1: They're, they're great and, I, and I'm right. not saying don't get it. Right. If you're somebody listening, absolutely get it if that's gonna be your what you need.
2: And I'm just gonna throw this in real quick off of that. Two things, um, I'm a big buy local guy if I can. And the national brands are national brands um there are some midwestern companies out there that are making some of these different units also i'm a big fan of speaking of charcoal earlier i didn't mention any of the national but the one i really like is called grove it's out of cedar grove wisconsin and it's a local charcoal company they're middle of the road price wise but the quality is really good and i love the way the direction they're going also a guy was talking to He knows a friend who's trying to put a pellet company together right now in Wisconsin to be able to make pellets in the same vein as any of the pellets that are being sold nationally so be able to buy local, a little less expensive, more customized to what people want. Um, I joke because my brother who lives up in Door County, Wisconsin, they've got a nice fireplace at their house and he used to burn wood all the time. Well, now they have the compact pressed Um, sawdust blocks that are basically a giant pellet is what they are and they burn clean they burn uh, warm they burn uh, nice smell to them easy cleanup and the guy who invented those came off of and said I'm sick and tired of all the ash and fireplaces same thing with what Adam just said you're still getting that pellet taste sometimes you're still getting a pellet feel this is going to give you a little bit more customized is the goal so we'll see if it comes out
1: there I mean it's like I said, they're they're useful and they have a, a purpose, but what I can't stand what I can't stand is the pellet guys that wanna sit there and say, Look at me, I can make amazing pulled pork.
2: I was smoking. No, on you can't. Saturday. You can't I was okay, it's, on You
1: can make very good pulled pork and I've had nice. very good food off of all of them. Yes. It's very good. But don't sit there and think that you're making competition barbecue off of a pellet grill. Right. You're go, making
2: what most people would consider get a job. good, and My that's God. fine. And that's what you want. <laughs> Everybody's happy, <laughs> yeah, except exactly. for the two jerks like us.
1: Right? <laughs> yeah, I no, I we mean, just there. The
2: <laughs> 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 I wasn't <laughs> going to wow. go on any tirade until well, I, hey, hey, I, I had yeah. to. I had to. I was
1: just saving that up. But I think the six-five <laughs> Creedmore dig is a nice one, right? Yeah. We'll get into that in a different I episode. Think,
0: uh, <laughs> okay, I think we covered that pretty good. We got to move on, or else we're gonna okay. Yeah. YouTube's going to cancel <laughs> us right
1: now. Yeah. Now everybody's going to
0: cancel us. The pellet guys are going to cancel us. Okay. Yeah. Let's get, um, just really quickly, because this episode is really geared towards somebody who's thinking about and doing some research on grills. But let's get to the actual, let's get to the thing that's going to make us hungry now. The grilling and smoking. What is your favorite thing to
1: smoke or grill? What, I mean, what is your, when when the... <laughs> Depends. Depends on the week for Jimmy. Because yeah, I, I have, tell you that he's always got something new. He's always. Am, got, you got to try this. You got to try that. The
2: one thing I will tell people is this: some of the more basic things in life, if done well. I mean, if you look at high-end French cooking. It's really fairly basic ingredients, but they're done to perfection in certain ways. That's the same thing with really good grilled or barbecued food. You have to find the injection, the marinade, the seasoning, the sauce that you like, your family likes, your group likes, and zero in on it. Next time, just adjust one thing. You don't adjust five things at a time, you adjust one thing. For me personally, I've been hooking people for the last six, eight years on pork loin ends. And what those are is when they chop the nice pork loin, there's ends, they're knobby ends. They look like softballs with some fat, some uh, different gristle in there, lots of uh, dark meat in there. And the fiber in there will break down quicker than a true pork shoulder will. So what that means is you can put it on a grill, a Weber kettle grill, two, three, four of them, however many people you have. One will serve two people easily. And if you have three or four of them on there, you can do four people, six people. You'll rub them down with a nice rub. You throw them on there. You keep the temperature fairly low. And within one and a half to two hours, you pull it off, you pull it, you chop it. It's not a true pulled pork, but it's not a true pork loin either. A loin you slice, shoulder you pull, this is a chopped. it's right in between. So you get the tenderness of a pulled pork. You get the body of a pork loin. And that can go 27 different ways with different sauces, with different uh, spice Jeez. of rubs. But it's it, very it, easy it's to It's
1: essentially it. pulled pork in an hour and a half to two hours rather than eight to 12 hours. Eight to I 12 mean, hours, and you, that's you, why I love them. I still haven't done it yet, but yes. I went out to Woodman's. Woodman's has them, mm-hmm. and they have them in these little tubes of three. Right. And
2: you buy them, they're really how cheap, too. Yeah, I, I don't you even know the cost. A, you can get a tube of three of them for in the neighborhood of seven, eight bucks.
0: Cause it sounds like the way you described it, it sounds like it's the meat nobody wants. Like, oh they cut them off and then she ends. And, quiet.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, don't that's know. the way brisket started. <laughs> oh, and that's the way but, chicken thigh is started. And but, this is what we've got is our yeah, secret. But in Oh all,
1: another secret. But in all <laughs> seriousness, so like if you are a, if you are that maybe combo person that you're trying to maybe just dabble in something and you don't want to do it an entire pork butt just try this out because it's a, it's a much more low risk piece of meat. It's low risk. It's
2: inexpensive. You really can't screw it up if you temp it right. The thing about it is because of the different fibers in there, they're not going to completely melt down like a shoulder will, but you can pick around them and pull it apart and chop it up and you'll love it. Throw a little sauce on your favorite, throw a little marinade on if you want. It's really, really a good one. The other thing I hate to say it is, um, the chicken thigh, If done correctly, the tournament chicken thigh. Too many people love to do their chicken strips and their chicken breasts and all that. That's great, that's fine. And most of you have kids out there, so those are gonna be the go-to. But, marinated chicken thighs in a nice salt brine with some flavors in there. You just throw them in overnight with some water, let them go for about a day, bring them out, hit them on the grill with your favorite seasoning and sauce. Kind of a quick sear, because that moisture in there, you can get a little smoke on there can't beat it can't beat it
0: what's your what's your favorite uh uh wild game
2: you know that's funny um you'd say that because um there's a category in the international which i'm looking to judge it's called exotic and it can be any kind of wild game everything from rattlesnake to
1: to snapper
2: to whatever but i want to take a team down in 2023 and I want to bring down some uh, grouse breasts.
1: Ooh. Ooh. And I want to do that. some
2: smoked, grilled grouse that. breasts with a really nice seasoning and marinade on there. And for those of you who've never had grouse breast, take a chicken breast and put three times the flavor in it. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yep. And everybody likes it. it, it everybody is, every, likes
1: everybody it. gets all gung-ho about pheasant, but I think that's more mm-hmm. just because of the, the beauty of a pheasant. Mm-hmm. But grouse, grouse are I, I, mm-hmm. two, two to one better than oh. chicken even it, it is mm-hmm. it, it, there's no gamingness whatsoever that it's, right. it's just all in my and that's just right. my opinion
2: and again those of you who want to do grouse press on a grill just be careful, there's no fat on them. There's really mm-hmm. no skin to speak of. So you're gonna to wanna to make sure that you get the right temperature and you get them fairly- yep. uh, Don't mar- you overcook, wild, don't game. overcook yeah. wild game. Don't overcook wild game on a grill. T-
1: take it to the temp, don't overcook mm-hmm. it, man. That's a, So many people do with wild game.
2: Like we said earlier, time and temp, this has gotta be quick, <laughs> short, and to the point. You get to that middle zone, that 30, 40 minute mark. Oh, you're it's dry. You, it dries out.
1: Aaron, do you have a favorite to, to grill or smoke? Steak, I just steak. steak. Yeah.
2: I
0: love. I just love good. You're
1: big. You're big into the venison steaks, and And you marinate the shit out of them. They're good. They're very, very good. We did
0: it. We did at first because that was the only way. Not the only way, but that's we would do that Worcestershire, soy sauce, Mm -hmm. brown sugar, uh, olive oil, salt and pepper, garlic, and then marinate tenderloins, uh, venison tenderloins, overnight. And the kids, the kids, I would hardly even get any, any bite out of it because they they would be gone Uh, but lately probably in the last year and a half we've just treated our venison steaks like we would a normal steak we just put our favorite seasoning on them Uh, we cook them till they're about uh medium and pull them off and that doesn't take long like you said
2: and that's a really good point what aaron just mentioned about the way you treat your meat on the grill or the smoker one of the things you want to make sure of is the less fat content in there, the quicker it's gotta come on and off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you have a lean cut of whatever you're doing, just remember it's gotta be higher temperature and on and off, that's where the brine or the marinade could come in because that'll keep it a little moist, moister if you happen to go a minute or two or three over, it's not as big a deal. If you have a piece with a lot of fat and a lot of marbling, lower and slower, even on a Weber kettle grill, even on a gas grill, that's where the hours come in. With that temperature, like Adam said, two twenty-five, two thirty. Keep it low. Keep it slow.
1: Jimmy, one, a one-word answer. You can't elaborate. Brine or marinade. One word. Oh, <laughs> that's really hard. <laughs> a, Even I, know, I know I can't that, say. I know one there's. Word. A, I know there's a lot yes. of what ifs, but one word. You got All one right. word.
2: Now I'm gonna quickly just say to people, a brine is more basic. A brine. Now, marinade can go forty-seven different ways, but a basic brine is something you have to learn, especially for chicken and pork.
1: So your one word is brine. Brine. Okay. Brian. All right. Brian. Cool. Is, it, is exactly.
0: it true that you don't have to cook pork as long as you?
1: Okay. Every, so yeah, you can, can I talk? Can I talk about my favorite? My favorite. Yeah. Oh, yeah. My What's favorite it? is a good thick pork chop. That's mm. my favorite. Um, grilled hot and then. I uh, and then, but I also add some smoke to it, so it's still got a little bit of smoke flavor. And you don't have to cook pork now to that, because everybody hates the pork lean pork stuff and the loins because it's just chewy and it's dry and whatever. Boy, uh, uh, a pork chop, I you just can't beat it. I love it on the charcoal. I just. That's my that's my thing right now that I'm into, that I'd, I'm i just nailing. Our uh, I'm just nailing second them.
2: week in June tournament, the third category off is boneless pork chop Oof. this year. Yeah. So I just, that's my thing right now. So but they gotta go be to, thick. It's so so basic. They gotta be thicker. Mm-hmm. I mean, not,
1: and I know you can't get too thick on a pork chop either. It can't be like a right. tomahawk steak, but something in that three quarters to, to one inch. One yeah, inch you can is can go medium, rare.
2: Most people go medium on them, but yeah. that's fine. You can't. Yeah, speaking,
0: speaking of tomahawk, if you click right here, Boom. We got our tomahawk steak, uh, seven hundred dollars that Adam spent to grill on the fourth, and they looked good. He didn't even
2: invite. I you remember know. he gave me the breakdown shakedown of it. No, it sounded like really, a tomahawk yeah, special. Really
1: oh boy, that was that was. I don't. I mean, I want to do that again, but I don't. <laughs> I mean, it was like I don't <laughs> so, want to swipe my card for man, it. That's true. We, sure. we
0: we covered a lot.
1: We did. We covered yeah, a lot. This was awesome. Um, yeah.
0: And what what would be your goat? I mean, if someone came up to you today who is dabbling in it, what would be your go-to tips and tricks for, for your average Joe, maybe even a beginner, mm-hmm. someone who wants to get into it more? What mm-hmm. would be your quick tips and tricks?
2: Mm-hmm. Um, I would say learn a basic brine or marinade, which is basically going to be water, salt, possibly some type of sweetener, and then a flavor or two of your favorite. Um, check your seasonings, and don't go with so many uh, store-bought blends unless the first ingredient on there is not salt Mm -hmm. because to less the quality or less the price of production on them, they fill it with three quarter salt or half salt and then add some seasoning. All you're getting is a lot of salt with a little tiny flavoring. Mm -hmm. You use half as much of a good quality seasoning blend or like a lot of the big time people do make your own and there's a ton of them on the internet. Um, thirdly, I would say, uh, make sure that your unit, you know the temperature on it. You know, when it's set at a certain degree, this is what I'm gonna do for chicken. This is what I'm gonna Mm -hmm. do for pork. This kind of pork will be here. This steak needs this. And make sure you have a safety area that you can get it away from. If something happens, you get called away and the the cat fell off the deck or whatever, (laughs) and you're over there running around, that you can get it to a safe zone And it's not gonna fry it to a crisp or have it in a bad situation.
1: I think, and and, you know, we've seen it. And I'll call call out Dan just because I like calling out Dan. (laughs) Dan, here you go. He won't listen to this, but (laughs) he—he—it's you're as as somebody who's getting into it. You're going to you're probably gonna get on Facebook groups and you're gonna do this and that and you're gonna hear nine different rights and wrongs and you're wrong for marinating and you're wrong for brining and this is the best seasoning and and meat church is the best and this is the best and no you're wrong bottom line is yeah i'll say for a general rule of thumb salt pepper and garlic start there and then wrong. make it your own, whatever, just, or just anything. I don't care what it is, but just find out what you like. You get the Franklin special going there. Yep. You know. Yes. <laughs> yeah, Franklin down you're in Austin, Franklin, Texas. my boy he loves his salt and pepper. He, with maybe, adds, a little garlic, maybe not. Yep. In that central Texas, holy crap, the pepper! Oof, that'll put some hair on your <laughs> chest. That <laughs> <No> type <laughs> of pepper, my <laughs> right. god. But but seriously, you'll get into you're going to get into debates and all this and that. And I did that. You start. You get way up here and you want to try all these million different things. And then you come back to some basic right.
2: start basic and like, and like, uh, Adam just said, and add one thing add a second thing. The next time don't add five different ones. Cause you don't know what part of it made it better or worse. And you're like, I'm not doing that again. Well, four of the five things you added were great. The fifth one was the killer. You don't know which is the fifth one. So yep. keep it simple. Yep. So,
0: fi- so find the grill or the smoker or the combo that you think fits you. Get to know it, use it a lot, mm-hmm. and then yeah, Get. hone in on on that basic recipe that you know is kind of a it's kind of that home run go to one that you can you have it memorized. You don't need to have your phone out, and you don't need to be mixing, and oh, but that you can you can go to and and
2: just and really memorize temperatures, memorize mm-hmm. temperatures. For instance, anything between one twenty five and one ninety five, depending on the item. Five to ten degrees is a big deal. Yep. It's You're a huge very, deal. Very so get to know temps. And once you get that magic temp going, uh, you'll be there every time.
0: But the biggest part is have fun. Have fun. Enjoy it.
2: Yeah, you gotta yeah. make it the way you want it. You gotta make it what yeah. you like.
0: Yeah. All right.
1: Well, hey, Thanks. it was a it was a four white claw four episode. Four white
0: claw episode. <laughs> I mean a
1: one,
2: one white, a claw. white claw, <laughs> claw one episode. One white
1: claw
0: episode. Well, there you go. Uh, thanks for listening. We hope you learned something, and if you did, if you laughed and you learned something, it would be awesome if you just hit the like button. Maybe share this episode with somebody who you know might be looking for a grill or a smoker. And again, subscribe if you haven't yet. We'd love for you to do that. We're on our socials as well: Instagram, Facebook. Uh, a lot of info we're putting out there, and we just yeah, we just hope that this uh, this helped you uh, as you're deciding what to do this uh, for this summer. And getting out and grilling for all the people that you love and enjoy eating. So big thank you to Jimmy.
1: Yeah, Jimmy, thanks a ton, man. Thanks having for having me.
0: Yeah, oh yes. A good time. We, we might have to fire
1: just, up the grills. Yeah. Fire <laughs> up the grills. And, <laughs> and I do gotta get. I always, for some reason, and I know I'm <laughs> yeah. getting to the point where you are please never stop asking me to get in one of your competitions. I wanted so to. I just. I've told. You, I've, bro, never you to, I've never been able to. I've never been able to. It just always. Yeah. i promise you i'm not making excuses it's just always <laughs> awful timing first off the one in september proof is
2: in the pudding people proof <laughs> is in the pudding the
1: one in september is always when we cut wood out the cabin so i'll yeah. i'll probably never be able to make the hobbeses one but i i want to get into one so bad they yeah. sound like so much fun so yeah. thanks you a ton you have
0: to redeem yourself because the last one you were in the <laughs> judges said it tastes like orange
1: My, chicken. The ribs tasted like orange chicken, orange they said. chicken. <laughs> One judge said that. Wow! <laughs> That's not good.
0: That's
1: no, blue. Blue, I know. Am I? I know. That we'll was, get there. Whatever.
0: All right, okay.
1: Good talk. See you out there.
0: Thanks for tuning in. Later.